Hello, and welcome to your new favorite bookish podcast, Fully Booked and Caffeinated. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Heather. And today we have our monthly bonus episode, Bookish Banter and More, where we discuss the other books we've been reading this past month and whether we recommend them, and also our favorite pop culture obsessions. So of course, as per usual, we have to discuss our caffeine addiction. What are you drinking this morning, Heather? So, shocker, I did not get a white chocolate mocha from Starbucks. <laughs> I know. Yes. I, switched, I switched it up. I was like, I should try, probably try to switch this up a little bit. I got the blonde latte mm-hmm. with vanilla syrup and the brown sugar cinnamon syrup and some sweet cold foam on top with oat milk. That sounds delightful. How is it? Delicious. <laughs> Paired so well jealous. with my Broad Street Doco donut. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Stop it. I'm so envious. I did not do my hot girl walk to Starbucks today. So I have a protein coffee. I just have a regular espresso pod with a coffee flavored protein shake and obviously brown sugar cinnamon syrup because I'm an addict and I'm Mm. not afraid to admit it. But here we go. We'll see how tomorrow goes. I stepped out the door, felt how hot it was, literally yeah. at 8 o'clock no. in the morning. It was, was like, Damn. way too humid out to go for a walk. Yeah, it wasn't great. So anyway, cheers. Cheers. Okay, so let's start out with our reads from this past month. I'm going to let you take it away, Heather. <laughs> so because the birth of my child is very much impending. July was a crazy busy month for us. We had the baby shower and prepping the house for the baby. So I read one book aside from our next month books. (laughs) So I literally only finished one book. And it was a book that I had started in June that I finished in July. So clearly I... July was a great month for me (laughs) for reading, but it was still a great book. It was actually a uh, YA novel, uh, This Delicious Death, by Kayla Cottingham, which was basically about this town that gets infected by the hollowing and they eat people. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then, but so in order to avoid them from becoming these zombie-esque creatures, they eat what's called sin flesh, which is like harvested organs from pe- from like dead people, I guess. it's It was interesting. I actually highly recommend That's- it. That's quite a concept. I know. I got it because June was Pride Month and there's a transgender character in the book. There's a lot of bisexuality. There's lesbians. Like it, it had everything. So I was like, this is a good mm-hmm. book to read. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, I have that on my Goodreads TBR, but my library doesn't have it yet. So I'm patiently waiting. There you go. So I had a normal reading month, but all over the board. I got quite crazy with my genres this month. So I started with My Summer Darlings by May Cobb. This book wasn't necessarily good, but it was really fun to read. And I would say it's a great beach read. It's basically just filled with middle-aged women who are intense frenemies and have raging hormones. (laughs) And they're just fighting over this new guy in town. Oh, but wow. they're all like married with families and all best friends and like fighting over this man. It's it's hilarious. So I'm not going to say it's the best book I've ever read, but <laughs> I do recommend reading it. <laughs> I'm actually shook that that's a kind of a book that you just picked up to read. <laughs> it was under the new releases. And I was like, oh, I think I've heard of this one. And my internet wasn't working in the library. And then I got outside and it had really bad ratings on Goodreads. And I was like, <laughs> 
Oh no. They tricked me. <laughs> but obviously I read it anyway. I do, I'm happy I did. It was a good read. There you go. Um, and then I read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. I've been wanting to read this one forever. Obviously, I know. I it was still need to so read it. popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year it was like the book of the year. I did really, really like it. It's very powerful. It has themes of friendship and love and mortality. The writing was a little clunky, so it wasn't necessarily an easy read and it kind of jumped around a little bit, but it was just really endearing. I really did like it. And if it wasn't so hyped up, I don't think it's a book I would have picked up because it's about like a video game developer Mm -hmm. and this friendship they have. So I don't think I would have picked it up, but I am really glad that I read it because of all that hype because it it was really good. Then I read Ask for Andrea by Noelle Illy. This is a fresh take on the serial killer preying on women through dating apps trope. Um, The three main characters were kind of indistinguishable, so I wasn't crazy about that, but it had a little paranormal and a lot of feminine revenge, which, you know, is my genre. (laughs) Yes. So I was all about that. I read The Housemaid's Secret by Frida McFadden, which is an Easter egg for our next month episode because we will be covering The Housemaid. Mm -hmm. So after I reread that for the pod, I read the sequel. It's... A true Frida McFadden thriller. So many twists. You won't see any of them coming. Just so much packed into this book. I won't say it's as good as the first one because the characters weren't as developed, but I I still loved it. It still delivered. Then I read The Last Apothecary by Sarah Penner, which I know you have this book also, right? I have it. I have not read it, but I do have it. I liked it a lot. It's a story of women in different times and circumstances trying to find their identities. I thought it was going to be a little more gracier vibes, but that's my fault for putting those expectations (laughs) on this book. (laughs) I never should have done that. There you go. Um, It was still a really good story. It was about friendship and loyalty and once again, feminine revenge. There you go. We love, love to see it. Love to see it. Yeah. So I can't not like it. Next. Wowie, wowdy, wow, wow. I read Do Not Disturb by John Athen, which, yes, is a play on Jonathan. His pen name is John Athen. Anyway, this book. Okay, so I like clown horror. It's like a whole <laughs> subgenre of horror. I know a lot of people don't like clowns. I'm in with the clowns. Clown in the Cornfield is one of my favorite slasher books, but this book was so bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. It had zero plot line. There was no reasoning for the clowns just going buck wild. Oh, no. It was just (laughs) intense, descriptive violence that I could never even imagine. It just crossed a lot of lines. It actually disturbed me. And that's saying something. That's saying a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And then you just like never find out who the clowns are. I I don't know. It was just a big no-no for me. And I'm also just intrigued by his name. John. A thin. <laughs> like, so original clever. buddy. Exactly. And also, this apparently is the first in a series oh. of his killer clowns. And I'm like, I'm not going to be picking up the sequel. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, so that was the only one this month that I was like. No, thank you. It's a, it's a big no-no for me. Uh, I read A Faint Cold Fear by Karen Slaughter, which is third in the Grant County series. So I'm trying to read one a month to get through her Mm -hmm. two series because she has the Grant County and the Will Trent and they 
like intersect. So I'm trying to get through all of them. Oh, okay. This one was not my favorite. Her writing was still great and it was really well paced. It had all the twists. It had some wild kills in it. But one of the main characters, the way she was written was so far from what we've come to know about her in the first two books that it actually kind of distracted me. Like it was just not true to the buildup that her character had gotten or the development that her character had gotten in the Mm -hmm. first two books. So I was kind of like, they should have just introduced a completely new character and it would have made more sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we'll see how number four goes because I'm pretty sure she's in the next one also. And last but not least, my favorite read this month was Tender is the Flesh by Augustina Bastereca. Bastereca? Could go either way. I'm sure. Personally, I think this is a must read. I can't say it's good because the concept of the book is about basically, no spoilers, there's this disease that people are getting from eating animal meat. And so the government starts breeding humans for consumption. So it's basically about a dystopian society where cannibalism is legal. That's so funny that we both have like cannibalism books on our... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Also, there was some cannibalism in the clown book, but it was not great. Anyway, um, it's definitely not a feel-good read, but it's powerful and it's deep and it's fucking scary because it could happen. All these dystopian books are fucking scary because anything could happen. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it's one of those books that several days later, you're still thinking about it. And so that's why it was my favorite. That's my favorite. Days later. I love when like a book sticks with you and you're still thinking about mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, wow, like it's still open to that interpretation depending on how deep you want to get with it. Yeah. You know? Agreed. So that's all for my reads this month. But <laughs> you're acting like that's all for your reads <laughs> as you read like seven to eight books. And I'm like, I finished a book that I started in June. Go me. <laughs> Listen, I am not with child, okay? <laughs> and August is probably going to be a lot lighter for both of us. Yeah, so. I know, exactly. <laughs> so do you have a couple upcoming releases, though, that we're looking yes, forward to? I know that you August. put a couple. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? So do you remember that book I recommended to you, Hyde? Yes, That I author that has another book coming out called Mr. Magic. So I'm um, because I liked style of writing and Hyde so much. I'm not even lie to you. I don't even know what this book's about, but I'm going to read it because I just liked yeah. her. I liked Hyde so much. So I'm really excited for that. And I wanted to bring it up to you as well because I know that you liked Hyde. So yeah, I would also I'm definitely going to add that to my list. Mr. Magic. And then I had talked about in an earlier episode how I was reading like the dark romance Disney series kind of thing. And I read mm-hmm. the one recently, I think it was called Twisted, that I did not like. It was like the Aladdin mm-hmm. one or whatever. So now her fifth book, Crossed, this is by Emily McIntyre, comes out in August. And this is the one that has to do with like Notre Dame. <laughs> so the hunchback of Notre Dame. So I'm interested to see oh, yes, how they mentioned do it. this. But this author actually recently over the past few months was diagnosed with cancer. So she's been going through treatment and everything. So I'm I really want to support her and read the book anyways, just because. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's, there's been a bunch of stuff going on. And you liked the other ones. Oh, I loved the besides, other ones. Yeah. yeah. I didn't enjoy the most recent one, but I'm still excited to read this one. So that one will come out next month as well. Okay. I'm definitely intrigued to hear how she makes The Hunchback of Notre Dame You'll find out smutty. when I, when I, when I yeah. read it. <laughs> we talk about it. I'm excited about that. Um, I had a couple for August. 
Lisa Jewell has a new book coming out. None of this is true. Um, I just really like Lisa Jewell. She's just consistently writes good thrillers. I feel like anything by her, even if it's not the best book, it's kind of like, I feel this way about like Megan Miranda, Sally Hepworth. Mm -hmm. They always just write consistently good domestic thrillers. They might not be five star reads, but they're always good reads. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I read the one she was gone. That was did we do that for book club? I can't remember if we did that. One yeah, that was club. for book club. And yeah. then I That's think the only one I've read so far by her. Yeah, there's been a couple other ones that I've read that I liked. Yeah, I have I um, have the night she disappeared. Yes, that's a good one. I have that one. The family upstairs. Yes, that mm-hmm. one was good. Okay. And then after that night by Karen Slaughter, which is funny, because this is actually number 11 in the Will Trent series. <laughs> So I have some time before I have to read this Mm -hmm. one. But I didn't realize that she was still writing new books in the series. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So I was surprised that she's still, because obviously she's still writing her standalones also, but that she's still writing in the Will Trent series because this started over 20 years ago at this point. Yeah. So so we didn't have any book news this month. There hasn't even really been any updates on It Ends With Us movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, which, you know, surprising. And mm-hmm. also a lot of things are on hold because of yes, the, the actor's strike mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think that that has I something to do with it also. Be... Yeah. Um. So hopefully, you know, that gets resolved quickly. All the things that are coming out about it are just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I speaking still don't of fully like understand it. Mind blowing. And this is this is me not doing any research on it. But like now there's like aliens. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, so the the government waited until we were distracted with a bunch of other shit, and then they had a, a co- like a press conference basically saying that aliens are real, and everyone is just like, okay. So I was driving yesterday. We were on. We were. We went. We ran out real quick, and you know how when you're they'll have like those signs, the blinking signs or whatever on yeah. the road when you're driving, and it said safe driving shouldn't be an alien concept. And I was like, so now they're taking these jokes and running with it. I feel like New Jersey is wild. New Jersey, whenever something happens in the real world, they somehow turn it into like their traffic slogans because they did this before earlier this year. I forget what it was for. But I said to Eric, I was like, what is this deal with aliens? And he was like, I don't even know. He was like, I was just talking to my friend about it. He was like, I don't even know. Yeah. He's like, I can't even explain it. I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like they admitted that aliens are real and then everyone was just like, okay. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, what? I mean, like, we knew, but where, where are, where have you been I hiding them? Just like, okay. And then all these pictures, I've seen all these memes resurface of the Spice Girls from Spice World, where oh they take God. the picture with the aliens. Yes, I wish I saw those. <laughs> well, because they, it, they did choose a perfect time because of like Barbieheimer with mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. Barbie and Oppenheimer movies coming out. Everyone is just literally obsessed with that right now. So they're like, let's There's just slip this in. Now is the time to slip this one in real quick. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everyone's distracted by like the feminist agenda of the Barbie movie. So let's just slip this mm-hmm. in. Exactly. Which which we obviously fully support. I can't anyway, wait to watch it. So I know. I'm so excited. So for our pop culture roundup, I know that you made up for your lack of reading in TV show watching. That's all I do. That's all I do. <laughs> I'm literally I'm caught up on every single reality TV show that we watch because I watch it immediately like the day it comes out. <laughs> yeah. So what shows are you watching? Still watching The Bachelorette, Love Island UK, Love Island USA started, which mm-hmm. I 
hated the first episode. It had the too hot to handle vibes, which isn't what I expect from Love Island. It got better, though. Mm-hmm. So I am enjoying the season. But poor Bergie. Bergie should not be on this show. Don't you feel like Love Island US is a lot more savage than Love Island UK? Yes. Like they're mm-hmm. just cutting them left and right. That and I feel that on Love Island USA, they care less about trying to hook up with multiple people. Whereas on like Love Island UK, it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like Love Island, well, Love Island UK is the OG. So that's probably why it is better. But I feel like on Love Island USA, they have like young people on Love Island UK because you can be, you can drink younger in in, in Europe. So they'll have like a 20 year old on Love Island UK who's more mature than like a 23 year old. (laughs) Like Love Island yeah. USA. And there's but, so much more talk of like betrayal and how uh-huh. could you do this to me and all this stuff. Like they've never seen the show. They don't understand how it works. I know. I definitely like UK better. But like you said, US is getting better. Mm-hmm. And then I, speaking of Too Hot to Handle, a new season came out this month and I have fully binged all 10 episodes. And I really liked this season, actually. The casting was really good for this season. Of course, it starts off like cheesy and everyone's breaking the rules because... That's what you do on these shows. Of course. But I do, I don't know how realistic it is when they leave the show, but I do personally love seeing like the inner growth that these young people go through because mm-hmm. it is, it's like a retreat for these people that are just basically sexual savage people. Yeah. And they kind of, I feel like have inner trauma that they just never deal with. And the show kind of makes you deal with that. It doesn't work for everybody, but mm-hmm. I like seeing the few people that come in the very beginning And then they they do leave a different person. And it's nice to see. Yeah, because they're kind of distracting themselves with their sexuality. And then when they do those exercises and stuff and make them realize, like, why do you not trust people? Why Mm -hmm. do you, you know, what's gone wrong in your past relationships? Even though it's such a trashy reality show, there is a little bit of growth in there. Yeah. So So I I agree with that. I do like that. And then Eric and I love Claim to Fame, which is mm-hmm. that ABC show where you have to like figure out who these people are related to that are famous. It's kind of the same thing as Crime Scene Ch- Kitchen. If it has any kind of like detective aspect, Eric is like, I must find out who it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did start The Bear. So I'm almost done with season one. So far, I enjoy it. Yeah, that's a good show. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing I watched that was like, well, I know we both did was The House of Hammer. The documentary because we both listened to the sounds like a cult house of hammer podcast which was also my only podcast this month that i felt needed to be mentioned because it was so good which in return made me watch the documentary and the documentary was fucking wild <laughs> yes the podcast was a gateway drug to to the documentary the house of hammer <laughs> yes and the documentary was just absolutely unbelievable it was mm-hmm. giving Murdaugh murders but obviously so much worse yeah because army hammer is an actual predator mm-hmm. but then once you start pulling a thread and the whole damn thing unravels and it goes all the way to the top and then there's like nazi involvement and you're just like what the fuck I is going know. on no and like how like the grandpa just had basically whenever he wanted to go to russia no problem enter at yeah. whenever you want it's like what was this dude doing that he's just clearly the whole family is just terrible he said he didn't want to run for president because he wouldn't have enough power i know that was he had more power as non which is true because he didn't have people watching his every Mm -hmm. move so yeah i cannot recommend that documentary enough that was on max yeah 
Because it's on Discovery Plus, I think. And then obviously recently Max is now like four streaming services in one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was really good. Uh, I also watched another docuseries, the Jared from Subway docuseries on Max, which, bruh, absolutely wild. It wasn't as triggering as I thought it would be. Uh, It focuses on basically on his fall from grace as opposed to his actual crimes, which is a good thing in this case because he is a pedophile. But I forgot how the nation just obsessed over Jared, like yeah. how popular this man was. He was like a household name. Literally. For no reason. Because he was just literally. <laughs> he ate Subway sandwiches for two meals a day. Yeah. Can, can I see his cholesterol? Can I see his oh blood God. work numbers? And obviously it was the year 2000 when he got his brand deal. So social media wasn't what it is. Influencers didn't exist yet. But my dude was the original influencer for eating sandwiches. Yes. I eat all the time. I would love to be an influencer. But it's then like he that fell real quick. Yeah. It's like that documentary when the guy ate McDonald's for every meal for like a month. Was like Super Size Me or something like that. Yeah. And he got like the super size, which they don't even make anymore. They don't even make like the large size, the largest size anymore. Yeah. But so people just become well known for the most random things. Yeah. It's crazy how those things were so popular when they came out because we weren't completely overwhelmed with this influx of media and options and stuff like that. So it's like any little thing would blow up before. I remember we watched the Super Size Me documentary in high school. I don't remember why, but in one of my classes, we watched it. They were like, don't eat McDonald's. It's bad for you. Let's watch this Was it health class? I'm like, I don't think it was health class. I mean, it might have been a health class. I'm like, I don't even remember, but... (laughs) Did you take a media class? Because... No, but it was was in high school. And I remember because that's the only way I would have watched it. And I remember it took two days to watch. So it was definitely like in high school. But I don't remember what class it was in. That's that's too far back. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Um, in lighter viewing, I've been watching, and just like that, season two. It's awful. It's like slightly better than the first season. Whatever. I'm still going to watch it. I can't <laughs> not watch it because Sex in the City was such a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can't not watch. I feel like that's how a lot of people are. They're pushing through it just because how much the the original meant to them. Yeah, like just because of the nostalgia, but it's uh-huh. just, it's not great. They they definitely did better with season two. I will say that. Well, that's good at least because I know I've heard yeah. terrible things about season one. People were ripping it apart. Yeah, it was not great. Um, and then I'm still watching the same reality shows mm-hmm. as you. We're also watching Temptation Island, which is absolutely unhinged this season the debauchery the lengths that these producers Uh are going to they said not one of you is gonna leave in a relationship the cliffhanger that they left this week on i cannot wait for next week i think i know which direction it's gonna go so i think there's gonna be spoilers so (laughs) skip if you don't want to hear what do you think is gonna happen i think he's gonna break up with her and he's gonna he wants to leave with the other girl Okay, uh, that's what I think also. Mm-hmm. Eric thinks that they're going to leave together because he's like, there's no way that this show is driving him to the other villa to break up with her. Like the entire point is for them to watch each other deteriorate at the bonfires. 
And I know, then, but I think that he you know, feels so guilty that, that he just wants to end it now because he can't do it anymore. Because especially, especially after like seeing her video, yeah, that he's just like, I, I gotta just end this now. And Michaela's video, I was like, honey, did you tell Hall what you were gonna say in the video? Because I that know. was a lot. Also, I mean, the titties were tittying. I was uh-huh. like, yeah, and also Nafisa's video to um, Paris. I was like, oh, God, but I knew I knew that one was going to be rough. I she's... actually thought it would be worse. Yeah, <laughs> I, there's just no way that none of, that any of these couples stay together, which is obvious in the context of this show. But all the other seasons, at least one couple has stayed together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this season, they're just oof, just risking mm-hmm. it all. And that then, temptation course, light. Mark Wahlberg is just the actual best host. I literally cannot with him he makes these people get into their emotions on this trashy tv show and i'm obsessed i'm literally I, obsessed i with totally him. agree we don't get enough of him no and also i just have a recommendation for the producers for next season if you could give mark l Wahlberg permission to slap the shit out of some of these men <laughs> I, I would appreciate it uh specifically chris and great deserve mm-hmm. a big slap across the face. Yeah, Chris is bad. Chris is absolutely horrible. Who would want to date this man? Uh-huh. Anyway, so that that's just my recommendation. I don't know. I don't know what the violence clause is. I know in their <laughs> contracts, but with the violence in which they are twerking, I feel like they definitely had to sign some type of insurance policy. Yes, agreed. Anyway, any other shows or movies? No, I think it's. I've literally just been watching the same stuff because, like we said, there even pre-strike, I don't think there was really anything else. It's a summer, so I feel like summer. Yeah, it's always just reality TV shows, nothing scripted, realistically. Yeah. And Love Island is on every day of our lives, so exactly. it does so take up a lot of time. I know, and then, and then I was looking up the other day. I was like, "Ooh, when does Love Island Australia start?" Because <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare. I know they have a couple seasons. And so I was like trying to look it up. And I think it starts in October. I think that was it was hard to find an actual date. And I'm hoping because they stream it on Hulu, like the past mm-hmm. season. So I'm hoping that they'll do the same thing that they're doing for Love Island UK. Because we're, we're behind, obviously, because right. we don't live there. But they'll, they'll start posting the episodes, you know, every day. And I'm like, yes, I will also watch Love Island Australia. When How that could you starts. do this to me? I don't know. I don't know. You don't have to join me. I know you will, but you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you will, but you asked. Because now we were okay. just talking, because now we know Bachelor in Paradise is going to be next, then The Golden Bachelor, which LOL at that. And then the news, and then obviously whoever's going to be The Bachelor from this season or The Bachelorette, that's going to come on after that. So it's mm-hmm. because what else can they put out? now especially with the strike exactly so it's, it's just reality be, tv it's gonna over be the re- over and over again we already have reality tv but it's going to be another resurgence of that's all that's going to be on yeah i agree with that i think that they'll i mean they already filmed ultimatum and love is blind but i think that that will be followed quickly by two more seasons i agree and probably the circle all of those netflix Which reality is fine, shows i too. love the circle the circle is so me good me too i that's do a enjoy really the circle good show. a lot and yeah. I love Love is Blind and mm-hmm. Ultimatum is just right up our alley. So yeah, I can't so be just, mad about any of that. We're just envisioning basically the rest of my year being all. But you know what's great? is at least all the Hallmark Christmas movies were already filmed. So that I won't miss true. out on any new Hallmark Christmas movies. 
<laughs> that's true. And I can watch reruns of slashers. Actually, 2022 was a really great year for horror movies, and I missed a lot of them. So there I'll just go. catch up on everything from mm-hmm. last year. So as far as podcasts, I actually, actually have wait. a couple. Sorry, oh, before, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I saw on – actually on Facebook, there was some ad for a campy thrill horror movie that's coming out, I think, on Paramount+. Plus, and it has Adam Brody and Leighton Meester in it. What? Yes. I don't remember the name. Don't – I'm too pregnant. But look it up. Because okay. – and Adam Brody is like the bad guy in it. Really? Yeah. It's like a white water rafting thing, but it's in the woods and it just seems up your alley. This seems like a Kelsey movie. Yeah, I have to see that. And mm-hmm. I love Leighton Meester so much. I know. And they're married, so it's kind of fun to like see them. Yeah. And then Taryn Killam is in it. And I know that him and Leighton Meester had did a show on ABC that didn't last very long, but people liked about parenting. Okay. I'm definitely yeah. looking out for that. And I got yes. Paramount Plus, so. And anyways, back to your podcasting. Sorry. <laughs> so I had a couple podcasts this month. Uh, Armchair Expert had Minka Kelly on. I love Minka Kelly. She did Parenthood. She was in The Roommate with Leighton Meester. I saw weird. that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a remake of like Single White Female. Yeah. And oh God, so good. And Minka Kelly is just so, I mean, she's incredibly gorgeous. She's so soft-spoken. And the reason they had her on is because she just wrote a memoir about growing up. And I had no idea about her background. Her mom was an exotic dancer. She had abusive stepfathers. She she just had a very, very hard start in life. And I just never knew that about her. I never heard anything about it. And this is her first time really coming out and talking about it. Yeah. And the interview was just really, really good. I didn't listen to that one yet, but I'll, I'll make sure I put it on top of my priority list. Yeah, it was it was really good. It's um, and so then obviously crazy how these actors and actresses come from these hard pasts mm-hmm. and they just make these amazing career for themselves. Like it's because it's kind of ironic. You know, I started selling Sunset and seeing like mm-hmm. Chriselle Strauss, like how she was like homeless and like living in a car and everything. And now she's selling million dollar homes in L.A. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's wild. Mm-hmm. And it's also especially for her to write a memoir about it. It's like being in that public eye and being open to such scrutiny more so Mm -hmm. than, you know, just a normal author is it's just really brave when you've gone through something like that, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who doubt her and who maybe don't believe her or think that it wasn't as bad as she says, but she's just speaking her truth. And I could really appreciate that. Obviously, we talked about Sounds Like a Cult, their Hammer Family episode, which was really, really well done. Highly recommend. I love that they had the girl on there who was in the documentary. Yeah, that was, that was nice. That was a nice touch. I also listened to Betrayal Season 2. This is a really well done podcast. I recommend Season 1 also. That was about, no spoilers, but it's a single case where one woman finds out that her husband was a serial cheater. Mm-hmm. She never knew he was cheating on her because he was caught with an underage girl. I and listened just, to that because you recommended it, and I remember yeah, I liked it. I didn't realize it was really was good. Out. I have to add that. So okay. the second season is actually based on people who wrote in response, like wrote in to the show in response to the first season, and oh. so they did a couple of different cases, but it is much much darker. It focuses Ooh. on child crimes. Oh, good. Yes, 
So maybe wait to listen to that one. (laughs) (laughs) And this one is is nice. It has um, a lot more background information about, you know, material, material that involves like sexual exploitation of children. And it kind of gives a little more context because it's one of those things like when you see a rape case and the rapist gets six months in prison. It's that type of thing. Like it's the laws are just not developed enough to be punishing people the way that they should. So Mm -hmm. it's extremely frustrating, but it's also informative. So if you want to be angry, listen to that one. Also, (laughs) if you want to be angry, listen to slow burn season eight which i actually got the recommendation not personally but from (laughs) wine and crime oh because they did an episode unjust judges yes and uh kenyan she said that she got a lot of her information because she covered justice clarence thomas Mm -hmm. and she got a lot of her information from slow burn season eight it's only i want to say like five episodes but it's basically just his background and how he switched his political affiliations and how there's a lot of alluding to corruptness in the government. Surprise, surprise. So it's actually really well done. I want to find more information and do a little more in-depth dive into it because there's just so much. Oh, it looks like season two is about Monica Lewinsky and the Clinton family. So I'll listen to that one. Shit. Oh, I got to go I'm looking through to see what the other seasons are. So that's all I had for podcasts. We do have a little catch-up corner. So as you guys may know, Heather is pregnant. What? I don't think so. And she's going to be be popping out a small human soon, very soon. So Mm. our format may switch up a little bit in the meantime, but we'll still be putting out content. We'll still be posting our episodes every other week. You might hear a little more from me, Kelsey, which I apologize in advance, but my uterus is empty. So that's (laughs) what you get is a whole lot of me. Okay. I think that's fine. Completely fine. We just want to give you guys the heads up that we're still going to be here. It just might look a little different. Exactly. And now we have to move to our book question. Mm-hmm. Would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. So my question is, do you judge a book by its cover? Would a shoddy cover put you off? Yes. And yes. <laughs> because actually, we will get into this a little bit in one of our episodes next month there you about go. the housemaid. But some books I will buy just for the cover and not even care what they're about. Like, mm-hmm. The Last Apothecary has the most gorgeous cover. It does. And even though I didn't love the book, that went right back on my bookshelf. I was like, you get a spot right there. You because look perfect. it's so pretty. Uh-huh. It's so pretty. So I definitely think that that can turn me on or off to the mm-hmm. book. I mean, if it's a, an author that I really like, I'm going to read it anyway. But I'm going to be like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I definitely. I mean, obviously... Because especially when you read romance novels, especially the ones that are self-published and you see the covers and you're like, this is going to be so bad. I'm not going to read it because this cover is just too, it's going to be, it's just not going to be good. And then you read it and you're like, oh no, this is actually a really good book, which is why I've been seeing a lot lately romance authors that do, they'll have like the the hot guy and the beautiful girl on the cover, but then they'll do like an alternative cover cover that's 
more minimalistic, like the Chestnut Springs, the cowboy romance. Like I never would have read that when I saw the first cover. I was like, I only read it because people on Bookstagram were like, you have to read this. It's so good. So I did. Because typically I avoid book covers like that because I'm like, this is going to be dumb or it's going to be stupid. But then it's like a really well written book. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because even when I'm looking up pictures to put on TikTok, I always see that the romance books have those two different covers. And Mm -hmm. that series specifically, they had like each cover was a different color with like a cowboy yeah, boot on it which was so and pretty the other one yeah and it was gorgeous there's like a and shirtless the- dude and like a lady with like a dress <laughs> falling off her shoulder and you're like but they're so good so it's it's and it's the same thing it's sometimes i'll pick up a beautiful cover book and then i'll read what it's about and i'm like oh I'll, but which i just kind of that. crazy because it's all part of the author's job to like the marketing starts there with mm-hmm. the cover and then the blurb on the back those are the things to pull people in. So I feel yeah, like those are the exactly. most important things. Exactly. Especially with like, like I said, you know, when you're self-publishing, you can't, if you're not good at making covers or being good at like graphic design or know anybody, your covers, of course, are going to look, it's almost, it's almost upsetting because it's, this could be the best book you've ever read, but some people might not give it a chance because, mm-hmm. because it is self-published because it doesn't have a typical gorgeous published cover like most books. Right. So and that's why Bookstagram and TikTok are so great because they're amazing. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of books that we would never have even picked up yeah. based on that. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up being some of our favorite books. I, I wouldn't, there's so many books that I own right now that I never, or, or read on Kindle Limited that I never would have picked up because even it wouldn't. Grace Year was the most boring cover. I mean, <laughs> the, was... the blurb on it was really good. Like, I, yeah. as soon as I read the blurb, I was like, oh, that's a book I want to read. But based on the cover alone, I wouldn't have picked up that book like One if I was at Barnes & Noble. One of ever read. It was so good. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's a, that's a big deal. That was a good question. Mm-hmm. All right. So my question is, what is your ideal reading scenario? Where? What type of weather? Do you have a snack? What's the deal? I personally... I personally just love reading on my couch, but especially on a rainy day. Okay. You're a rainy day reader. Rainy day reader. But also I like beach reading and like poolside reading. I can really read anywhere. I don't really have like a... I think just comfort is definitely like a big thing, which is why I like Mm -hmm. the couch because you can caught up with a blanket and have a cat between your legs and (laughs) read a book with like a drink. But realistically, I can read anywhere at any time. I agree with that. I know there's some people who are like, I'd rather be in front of a fire with a cozy yeah. blanket and which like, yes, amazing. My ideal, though, is during the summer, sitting in the pool, mm-hmm. maybe on a floaty, but I'm like, cool, because I'm in the pool, but still in the sun. And I have maybe a spiked lemonade. Mm-hmm. That's peak reading experience for me. And I've witnessed it firsthand. <laughs> Exactly. When we're in Florida and you're in your parents' pool and you just have like a book and I'm like, I would be so stressed, I would drop it in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I only take specific books near the mm-hmm. pool because you know that they're mm-hmm. coming out wrinkled. Exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, bathtub reading. That used to be my favorite, reading in the bathtub when we had our nice big soaker tub. But if sadly, I, I don't have had that like a nicer like tub that I could actually set up to read on because I see that people get like those boards that they lay across mm-hmm. the tub and they'll put like a drink or they'll put a and they'll put their book and everything and I'm like I would feel safer doing that but I have, if I have nothing to protect what I'm reading I'm going to 
I'm going to drop this book or this yeah. Kindle in this bathtub because yeah. that's who I am as a person. Or I'm going to get it wet. But you I would love Kindle to be like... with a waterproof case. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anything else that you want to add? No, I think that was it. Think we covered it all. Well, that's all we have for you this month. If you like what you hear, please make sure to follow, subscribe, and rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening. It will really help us out. If you have any book recommendations, questions for us, TV or movie recommendations, you can email us at fullybookedcalfpod at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram and TikTok at fullybookedcalfpod. Thanks for checking us out. And remember, if you need us, we're fully booked. Bye. Bye.